Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich or Miss, episode 198. Hey, my riches. Happy Monday. Today, we're going to listen to Matthew Genosek talks about being a successful entrepreneur in the fitness world and what all of us can learn from it. But before diving in, I would like to tell you that the number one struggle most entrepreneurs say they are facing is getting more customers. So I want to invite you to join me to a free training about seven free practical ways to get more customers and achieve ongoing growing customer base and revenue. Go to getcustomerswebinar.com and join me there. I look forward to hearing your thoughts about that. And now, let's meet Matthew Janosek. Since co-founding Escape Fitness, taking it to $33 million global business chosen by big brands and independent fitness professionals such as UFC, Equinox, Century Fitness, and many more, Matthew had continued to be a powerful advocate for functional training. The goal is to motivate and inspire people to get started and create exercise habits that last. Matthew traveled the world, helping studios and gyms to turn their vision into world-class fitness destinations and awesome training experiences. During the pandemic, Matthew has become an advocate for at-home training and maintaining physical and mental health to persevere in the face of life challenges. In addition to being a father, he has started five companies and sits in the board of three companies across three continents. Matthew Janusek, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me, Hayat. It's a great pleasure, and I just shared with our listeners what you've done until now, and I would like to ask you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today, and where are you going? Yeah, great question, particularly with um, everything, that's, <laughs> everything that's going on in the world. Sometimes I wake up and I ask myself, where am I going today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, I'm very passionate about the health and fitness space. We have a company that I founded with my father 21 years ago. And um, we started making some basic equipment for the fitness studios and gyms and this this type of business. And then we, we started from, a, from actually a, a spare room in my father's house. And we uh, managed to, to slowly build that over 20 years uh, or 20 plus years now. And, and um, we're in I believe, I may get this right, but I think we're in around about 80 countries around the world now. And um, we, we have our direct operation, Germany uh, and the United States. So, so wow. yeah, very much into, into helping people 
get fit, motivating people to get fit, and, and predominantly working with um, a lot of the business community. Uh, although recently, with many of the gyms that we work with closed down, we're we're, we're doing quite a bit now with the uh, consumers as well. When you're talking about businesses, are you talking about the gyms, or are you talking about businesses and organizations? Yeah, we, we have a number of different channels within the business that we supply. So, so um, probably the biggest channel is the gyms and personal training studios and fitness studios. That's a big part of what we work with. But also we do quite a bit into the education sector, uh, so schools, colleges, universities. Um, we also do quite a bit into corporate wellness. So everybody from sort of Google, for example, would, will have a fitness facility on, you know, within their buildings. And so we do a lot with, within corporations and then we do apartment complexes. So there's, there's a lot of places where people come and do fitness. Um, unfortunately, most of those have been closed for some time in many of our yeah. markets. So, so we're having to make changes and, and uh, go, you know, go to where people want to work out. And, and now that's mainly in the home. Hmm. It's very interesting because you've been doing that for 20 years and you must have seen a great change with that branch, isn't it? Yeah, there's been a lot of changes. I, I, I guess it's an interesting uh, question to ask because I guess, you know, in some ways we've seen huge change. You know, when we started the business, we didn't even have internet. We didn't have email. Um, we used to fax I don't know if you remember one of those, but um, I used to fax. <laughs> I do have one. You <laughs> still have one, yeah. There's some of them around. Um, some people still use them. But, yeah, we, you know, orders were faxed. And, and, that, and when we developed products, we would fax drawings to people in Asia. Um, so business was very slow. So that was, that was what the world looked like uh, when, when we started. Uh, obviously, today is very, very different. You know, just even this, this sort of conversation that we're having today, you know, through right. Skype wasn't, wasn't available then. But so in, in some ways, we've, we've seen some huge changes. But and, and in other ways, and this is, this is very relevant to, uh, to all kinds of businesses, I think, you know, some things are still the same. You know, we're, any business um, that I, well, most businesses that I can think of, we, we're dealing with other human beings. Um, mm. You know, we're supplying products for humans to, to consume or to use or services for humans. And, and so I think it's important to also, you know, when thinking about your model and how to adapt it and evolve it and deal with things like the pandemic that we've got at the moment, I, I think it's also important to realize that these are the people at, at the end of, of the website or an email or a social media app is is a human and so what you know what humans need has been pretty consistent for hundreds and thousands of years you know we're all the same from that respect and i guess it's trying to understand what those needs are and, and evolve business models to make you know to still be able to kind of impact and engage with people on a on a human level because uh, i don't think that that is likely to change in certainly in our lifetime anyway I love you saying that because I'm, you know, I'm in marketing for more than 33 years and marketing has changed a lot in the last years. But I always say that at the end of the day, it's people that are selling to people. And I love you saying that. However, I think there was some major change in the way people are taking care of their fitness, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think there is. Um... 
you know, like let's okay, let's use the big one at the moment. Everybody knows Peloton. You know that that's. Uh, I, I suppose you could argue there they've disrupted the the traditional gym model and, and equipment. But essentially, you know, if you kind of break it down into its its component parts, you've got an exercise bike. Well, there's nothing new there really. Um, okay. You've got a a, a very dynamic um, instructor, which which I guess there's nothing really really new in terms of what that instructor is doing. But I think the clever thing that they've done is they've used technology in order to create um, a sort of an in-home platform and, and to be able to sort of, I guess, mimic that experience of a trainer that's in front of you and then then a competitive element to it and a number of other things to to, to be able to deliver that experience in a different way. But if, if you look at the the ingredients and, and putting the technology aside, which I think is, you know, is now almost becoming a bit of, of a commodity. Hmm. The, the, you've got people that are working out. They could be on a bike. They could be using a dumbbell or a kettlebell. And, and so the way that human beings exercise, you know, there's nothing really new there. You know, there are new developments and ways that we learn how to do it better, but it's not huge amounts have changed. And, and how we, essentially how we motivate people to work out and get them excited and create an experience is, you know, that's been going on for a long time. So I, so I suppose it's, it's like, you know, as, as we said at the beginning, there's two things, you know, look at the stuff that's constant, such as, you know, you mentioned marketing where it's people to people. It's not business to business or business to consumer. It's people to people. And that hmm. will change. What you have to learn is being able to, to use the new technology that comes available in order to be able to enhance that experience. And I think that's what's happened in our space. And, and that's what I think is, you know, is, is any entrepreneur and business people, it's, it's trying to sort of get the right balance between those two. Because if you go too much down the technical route and lose that yeah. human connection, that's which right. I think technology duplicates very, very well, then, you know, you're not going to get that engagement and that same experience. So I think it's trying to tread that fine line between the two in order to to be successful is is my my view hmm. as an entrepreneur what would be your best advice to any entrepreneur that listening to us mainly regarding what we just talked about and this is consumer or customer focus marketing and sales so i think i had an interview just yesterday with a, a young lady Her father had been in the fitness industry from when it when it kind of started he built a, a very big successful fitness chain and sold it in the early 2000s so when he got involved in the business it was very um, you could argue it was a very different world than what it is today there wasn't as much competition um, but one of the things that made them particularly successful um, was how they created a community and how he looked after the members and made them feel as though they were part of a club and and how they you know they used to sort of go on social together and they'd spend a bit of time around the bar so so this was a fitness business but it wasn't really just a fitness business you know that was what they used to sort of get people in but what it really was was a kind of a social club a, a place mm. for people and friends to gather now his daughter's created a very interesting business that you know early last year and she's yeah. got a, to a totally online business so they They charge I think 20 30 30 pounds a month they're based in England and um, 
and she's got several thousand members, but but it's all done online. And and so we had the conversation about it, and you know it was like, well, you you know your two businesses are very very different, really. Um, mm. But but then I asked a similar question. Well, what things are still the same from when you started twenty odd? years ago to today and 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 they both said well look you know community so what she'd done um she she does a lot of this through facebook and instagram and what she's what she does is she's very she's targeting females in particular so that's a demographic and she's a she's a young female and she clientele is predominantly young females and and so what she does is is kind of creates this very intimate relationship with her clients where she shares a lot of personal information and and they share with her and and they feel as though they're able to open up and and to and to talk about some of the issues and some of the challenges they would in the same way that they probably would do if they sat down at the end of an evening in a in you know in a restaurant and they had a one-on-one chat in the corner over a glass of wine what she's been able to do is use technology such as Facebook and Instagram to create that intimacy and also a lot of the a lot of the clients that she works with have their own groups where they virtually get together and share ideas and support people and motivate people so so i suppose you know what 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 i what i think and we we mentioned it earlier is is that you know you you've got to look at the new technologies and how you how your business evolves but you you've you've almost got to say well look what what are people, what is what is an important thing for human beings and for people and and how can you do that in a way for social media and 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 what she does is she communicates every day on her stories and 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 shares ideas and and creates conversation and shares some of the things that she's dealing with and and through that she develops these very very deep and personal relationships and she speaks to people individually so as they send questions she you know it takes a lot of time for her to to individually answer those and 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 reference a name and and that sort of thing so so i suppose you know my my advice is you know depending on who who we're talking to is is just don't forget that um you know we're all human and you know don't let technology and every anything confuse you you know what what you've got to do is just try and understand how you can use that technology to create deep and meaningful personal relationships and that's probably more important than what it is when it ever has been because in order for her business to succeed she can't be all things to all people and i think you know probably businesses 10 15 20 years ago they could almost be a little bit of a one size fits all you know in in my sector you'd have a big health club and then have 5000 members and you'd try and sort of communicate to everybody well well nowadays in order to be successful you've got to really narrow down on that audience because if she was talking if if i was if she wanted to sort of bring me on as a client then i I probably wouldn't have a lot in common with her and and my issues wouldn't resonate with her so she would be struggling but what what she has done is she's identified the type of people that are right for her and she provides them with information and support that are that are relevant to that demographic and she owns that sector so I suppose it's you know human humanization and personalization are probably two things that we need to and and, and also now you know, narrowing your focus is is probably a couple of things to to really think about and spend some time you know working out how you can do better at that within your own business. I love that. I love this advice. I want to ask you you've got successes and we'll talk about it in a minute, but I wanted to ask you to share with us your biggest most critical failure with customers. 
the one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most or almost the most. Can you share that <laughs> with us? <laughs> well, I, I have, I, I was talking to my father about this this morning. I have so many failures, you know, we, we, <laughs> we almost have, um, you know, like every week you, you have, I think, I think you have different types of failure. You have mini ones that you fix and big ones and that, but I, I suppose I, I don't, I'm not, the sort of person that likes to sort of dwell and, um, and, and, you know, take any of these things to heart. I think one of the most difficult things for me to get over is, is when we have a customer that's not happy with us. Um, mm. Because uh, for us, you know, the, the customers are, and clients, whatever you call them, are almost like family. And if someone buys a product and we let them down, we, we mess up the delivery or they have a product and it has an issue, not that it happens very often, but it does happen and it happens in sure. all business. I think, you know, for me, that that really sort of gets me personally. And, and, and what I have to do is, is, you know, when I hear about these things and as, as our business gets bigger, I don't always get to hear everything. But when I do hear about them, I, I, I make it my mission to do everything possible to make sure that that we, we make that thing right. And. And I always say to people, I say, look, I don't care whether you ever buy from me again, but what I do want to do is to make sure that if you ever you know, ever have a conversation about us with anyone else, that you, you at least can never say that we didn't, you know, we didn't make it right. Yes, we made a mistake, but, but we put it right. And, you know, you may come back to us, you may not come back to us, but I want to make sure that, that I've never got any people that can say oh you know you know they, they did a bad deal and gave us a bad experience you know that that's probably mm. the worst thing but you know within within business we, we all make mistakes and I think sure. it, it's like you know it's like sailing a, a, a ship you know you you're going to be you're going to go off course um, <laughs> and, and and you almost have to go off course to kind of find out in some cases whether that was a good decision or not as, as, as entrepreneurs and business leaders we always have to make people are looking for us to make decisions and and you have to do that to, to keep moving forward. You've got to consider those decisions. You've got to take time to research and then you have to make it and then you have to move forward. And, you know, sometimes you get it right. Sometimes when you're going into new areas, you're going to get it wrong. And, and, and but, but when you're innovating and moving forward and going into new markets or situations that you've never been before, yeah. then how do you know you're going to get it right? You, you're probably not. But the key thing is to, is to get, you know, regroup understand what you've done wrong and then correct and then move forward in, in the right path. And that's, you know, I think everyone's seen the, the sort of diagram of an entrepreneur, it, you know, it's, it's up and down, you know, we, we're going in this direction, we're changing, but in general, you've got a direction that you're heading for and, and ultimately um, you're going to get there. But I don't know if that answers your question in the way you wanted me to. <laughs> it does, but I, first of all, it does. But I want to ask you if you can share with us a specific story without names, of course. Okay. When we first started, probably, um, I don't know, maybe within our first five, five to sort of eight years, I, I don't remember exactly, but we, we started manufacturing our own product. Um, yeah. Now, we, we have our own factories now, but in the early days, we used to use um, like contract sure. manufacturers, which, which is pretty difficult because you don't have a lot of control over what they're doing. And particularly when you go to Asia, there's, there's a lot to learn, which we have done. But we, we developed a product, great product, and then we had it manufactured. Um, and we also, at the same time, expanded our business where we were looking for distributors in, in other parts around the world. 
Um, so we had a we had a, a client that we started to work with, and they were a long way from where we're located, you know, other side of the world almost. And um, we'd started to supply them. They were happy. And then we, we had a container of product that we shipped to them. And, and because we weren't, you know, we weren't oh. aware of everything that was happening in the factory, you know, a, a big percentage of the product that we shipped them was wrong. Um, it, we had issues with it. They, the, the quality control wasn't what it should be. I think we probably, it, it probably wasn't just because they ordered quite a big quantity on a regular basis. They, um, I think they had a number of containers. And then when, what, what they did is they brought the containers into the country and then they oh. started to distribute them to gyms. So there was probably hundreds of gyms within One. the country that, that, we'd real, that they'd realized had this same problem. And, and so it wasn't just the case of, of just, you know, giving them a refund. They had a huge issue to go out and you know, get these back. And it, it was a total mess. And, and so I, you know, we met these guys face to face and we, you know, we were still in our early days. So to put it right, it wasn't just the case of saying, well, look, we'll send you some new ones because most, in most cases, the factories, they don't support you financially. So for us, it was a massive investment to say, right, we'll replace all the product with the correct product. And we'll also support you in terms of, of the costs that it will take for you to sort it out and to, and to go and ship new yeah. ones and bring the old ones back and make sure the customers are happy. And, and at, our t- at that time in our business, it, you know, it could have, it could have destroyed us because the, the cost to correct that was, was huge. So we agreed to do it over a period of time. Um, sure. we, and, and at that stage, you know, this customer was so disappointed, you know, they were annoyed because their customers were also disappointed with them. And so they weren't at the time the happiest, but what we said is, look, we understand that you may not want to ever deal with us again because this has been a terrible experience, but we will give you our word. We'll sort it out. And we did that. Um, and it took us some time and there was, you know, it was, it was a very difficult period in our, in our sort of expansion, but we put it right. And we still have an extremely good, you know, they're still one of our biggest customers now, you know, this is probably Today. 15 wow. years ago. And we've, and, and through that, we, we also created a very, deep relationship where they know now um you know they they know if anything happens that we've got this relationship that we will always have their back and and stuff is going to go wrong you know we'll we'll develop new products and you know even the best you know biggest companies in the world like apple they have issues and so that's just part of of innovation but but they do know that whatever happens if anything ever happens that, that we'll trust them and through that um, you know, we've, we've, we've got extremely good partners that, you know, will do anything that we need to, to support them. So, you know, it, it was difficult. And my, you know, my advice about that is you, you've got to, you know, if, if you make a mistake, no matter how painful it is to financially put it right, you, you have to do that and you have to take the risk that they may not come back to you, but it's the right thing to do. And if you do the right thing in business, then, you know, something will come good of it. Hmm. I love the story. I love it. <laughs> and now I would like to ask you to tell us the story of your greatest, most significant success as a result of the right customer focus or something you did right about approaching your customers. Um, something, something that we did right with, with our customers. Um, oh, a big success that uh, has to do with customers. Yeah, I, I, I think... Um, I think probably like there's there's a number of things I, I you know it's trying to bring one to mind but I I think um I think probably you know when we started our business as I said we we didn't have any money we didn't have any reputation we didn't have a brand we you know it was me and my dad and my mother 
that used to answer the phone. And we were doing this in our part time because we were trying to get the business going and we were we were getting a salary in another business. And we did this in the evening. So for for several years, we tried to find a product. Um, we then once we found a product, we we then tried to sell it and we knocked on hundreds and hundreds of doors and had a little bit of success, but nothing, nothing great. Um, and then, you know, one, one day we, we sort of, we went to a, a trade show and, and, um, met, um, you know, one of the, I guess one of the sort of biggest customers in the fitness industry who came along. And again, we had one of the smallest booths in the, in, you know, out of all the people that are in there, we were the smallest company. Mm-hmm. I think it was something like, you know, just, a just six feet square mm-hmm. little little sort of shell scheme booth. But this lady came up and asked for a catalogue mm-hmm. and told us to, you know, told us to sort of um, give them a call. And, um, you know, we managed to sort of go and meet this company and do a number of presentations. And, and eventually they agreed to sort of give us a try. And, um, and again, we, we sort of managed to take that business from a very small little operation in England to, you know, to, to the place where we are today. And we, we work with them all over the world and, and we've had a relationship for over sort of, you know, for over 20 years. And, and so I think, you know, sometimes when you think you're not getting anywhere and you think you've tried everything, just you never know, you know, you've got to put yourself out there. They say, you know, you need a little bit of luck. You could call that luck, but you could also say, well, if we didn't put ourselves out there and, and go to, you know, try every trade show and, and keep turning up and keep promoting yourself, you never know when that person's going to walk by and that may be somebody who's going to suddenly you know take your business to the next level but you've, you've got to put in the work and the effort so that those opportunities will cross your path and I guess maybe that's that's one that I've um <laughs> that's one I can think of wow that's a beautiful one and uh we hear that a lot that only those who quit fail isn't it today everyone's an entrepreneur but it wasn't like that Like then, right? yeah and th- that's right I, and I guess you know it's like well what is you know what really is an entrepreneur and I think um, as you say you know everybody everybody is an entrepreneur but it's, it's not until you you actually get a few fights under your belt and you get experience of um, developing a product whether that's a, a product or a service you know that's an experience in itself figuring out what makes a good product um, what makes a bad product what will work what won't work. How to then take that product to market and sell it um, how to you know be able to price that product in a way where you can make money from that how you can scale a business so so yes you can have a product you can have your right margins and it worked you know this is what we did we we create a really great little business at work for me my mum my dad and brother and sister when we were working from from the home in a spare bedroom we had no overheads we were you Using mm-hmm. other people's warehouses to move goods and, and, and you know first few years once, once we got it started it was great it's like yeah we're making loads of money but then you know you, you kind of reach a bit of a ceiling to say well look now we're going to need to hire people and we need to we need a warehouse and we need more customers and then suddenly you, your pricing model you re- need to relook at suddenly where you had this competitive edge where you was winning lots of business from your competitors suddenly you've got similar costs to them so now you How do you compete? How do you compete when you go from sort of like the one to three year business and get to the next level where you're scaling up and you've got people and you're doing marketing and all that sort of stuff? So, so I think really you've, there's a lot more than just opening a business if, you know, to be a true entrepreneur. I think you've got to 
be able to sort of navigate all those different stages. And then when you get to, to becoming a more mature business and you've got products that have been around for a while, how do you reinvent yourself? Because 20 years is a long time. You know, I, I was a, a young, youngish sort of inexperienced <laughs> boy then. Um, the, the, the world was a different place in terms of what was relevant and how you did marketing and how you communicated to people. And so you've almost got to make sure that you're still relevant to a younger age group that's coming in. Otherwise, you'll just you'll grow with your older audience. But what happens when a lot of those people in our situation sold their companies and moved on and retired? What you know, what happens to your contacts and your customers? Well, unless you're reconnecting with these new people and speaking in their language, then you're suddenly going to lose a lot of your business. So you've got to you've got to be able to evolve and, and grow with the market as well. Um, so. Yeah, there's certainly a lot of different things to think about, that's, that's for sure. That's for sure. Can you recommend the best, most effective technological or digital tool that um, related to customer-focused marketing or sales? However, I'm not looking for the last Chinese tool in the endless huh. list. I'm looking for something that really works for you and helps you succeed and might help other entrepreneurs as well. Yeah. I think for, for me personally, there's not just you know one thing that I use. I'll mention a few of the tools that I use and then but I'll start with whatever you, you decide to use. you know there's so many different apps and everybody's sort of looking at the you know the Snapchat, the newest social media app and yeah you've got TikTok and you've got clubhouse now that's that's out there. so in clubhouse yeah there's all these new things and, and people tend to be like these sort of butterflies where they sort of you know hop on from one thing to another and move around and and I think if you're running a business unless your business is just being an expert of social media platforms and you've got to you've got to spend some time and develop an audience and double down on a few of them it's very difficult to do all of them unless you've got a big team or as I said unless that's what you do so I, I try to in terms of the type of business I'm in I make sure that telephone is important you know like everybody tends to use apps and, and messages and all that sort of stuff. But there's nothing like getting on the phone with someone and having a conversation. Um, and, you know, in some cases, because now, wow. you don't have... I love this answer <laughs> so much, so much. Yeah, you know, like, like if, it, obviously, if, you know, we weren't in a pandemic, then I would, yeah, you know, get him, sit down and have, you know, face to face. But at the moment, you probably can't do that. So anything where you can have a, a real conversation with people... And be able to get some time to go beyond the superficial, how are you doing, what's happening and that sort of stuff, you know, really to start going deep and, and to be able to sort of think about, you know, when you when you go on some of these calls, you, you know, the outcome of those, because a lot of people, it's like, OK, right, I need to speak to him. I need to chat to her. I need to do this. And and you kind of go from one to another. And, and it's like you're just doing an activity, but you're not necessarily going into it with a with a clear outcome and I did a lot of stuff with Tony Robbins many years ago and he, he said you know whether it's whether it's meeting with his son or having a conversation with his daughter on the phone or whatever go into it and make sure you've got a clear outcome what do I want to get from this call um, and not not just from what you want to get out of it personally but what you know how can I help the other person and, and what can I do for myself so that you're, you're you're not just wasting time you know chit-chatting about nothing you're you know you've got a purpose for that time you're spending on that phone call, just the same as if you did a post on LinkedIn, you know, you spend time putting it together and thinking about the words and you've got a specific goal and you're choosing a, an image or a video or whatever, you know, same applies for a phone conversation. So for me, you know, telephone is really important. 
Um, I like we do a lot of um, work in in the B two B space. Um, so uh, LinkedIn yeah. is um, is a very good tool. I think you know organically, there's you, you're still getting some great reach on, on that platform. Um, I think it's you know it's, it's it's continuing to gain momentum, and so I really I really like LinkedIn at the moment. And then the other one that's that's very good for us, and it's worth you know it takes a lot of work. We've been working on this for for many many years, but I think YouTube is um, is is very interesting. You know, if you've got if you've got a story to tell, and and however you you know whatever your business you've got, but I, I do think uh, YouTube is is a fantastic platform. Um, I think it it took me a long time to really learn and understand how it works and what works, and it, and it takes a huge amount of effort. And it, it it's you know I think a lot of people get on some of these apps and give up after a year or two and just say look it's not for me, it's not working. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem is that they give up too soon. Um, and most of the, you know, I meet and get to interview a lot of very successful YouTubers. And most of them have spent at least five years in it. You know, some of them even longer than that. So I, I think you've just got to be prepared to to choose a platform, try and get one of them that's going, that you think is going to be here for a while. And, you know, there's always a little bit of a risk there. And then commit to, to just putting the investment into into building it, and then yeah, you know, keep an eye out on some of the other stuff that's out there. That's for sure. You know, you want to download it and become a consumer of it in case that's relevant. But um, you know, just just try and pick one that's that's relevant to the audience that you're trying to go after, and and just make sure you do the best job as you can on it. You know, just just focus on quality mm-hmm. and 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 consistency. And um, yeah, I, I guess that's my recommendation, really. Love that. You know, there are many factors that affect uh, one's success. However, I do believe that for each of us, there is one main factor that really helps them succeed. And I want to ask you, what is your one key success factor? Yeah, well, I'm still, I, 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 did, a, I did an interview with someone and uh, I think it's a really good question. And it's one that It's, it's, sometimes it's difficult for us to answer ourselves. And this guy said to me, he says, go, go and speak to a few people, a few sort of friends and business people and ask them, you know, what do they think is your superpower? And that will help you probably understand, understand it yourself because they may see something in you that you don't see in yourself. And you may be able to then sort of, once you're aware of it, you may be able to spend more time in, you know, in focusing on that area. And there's another great book, which is called The 80-20 Principle by a guy called Richard, uh, Richard Kosh. Yeah, sure. um, he's uh, someone I'm familiar. And, and, you know, he said that there's only two or three things that really make a difference in what you do. And what you've got to do is understand what those few things are and spend as much of your time in, in doing that. So I think it's a really important thing to, to, to do and understand. I think without fully understanding what it is, I, I, I think I've got uh, a very sort of... Um, very good work ethic i'm a very hard worker i'm consistent and um and I've, i've got a lot of energy to be able to sort of outwork people i'm not probably you know i'm not i don't come with a university degree or anything else like that but i can certainly outwork most people and i you know i i'm i'm fairly good at trying to understand information and and to be able to apply that and and so i think you know the work ethic but that work ethic comes from The business which I'm in which is fitness and I, I think for anyone any entrepreneur male or female young or old I, I think one of the most important things that you can invest in is yourself and and you you got to put that 
Mm. I was chatting to a, a colleague that's got a very successful uh, social media business uh, the other day, and and he was talking about you know how business was tough and how he was struggling to get his fitness in and how he didn't know how how I was able to achieve that. And I said, well, there's one one simple thing that you've got to do, and 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 that that one thing is put it first. You've got to put fitness first before everything else. You've got to put it before your family. You've got to put it before your business. Because if you don't, you won't do it. But if you put fitness first, then your relationship with your wife or your husband, your relationship with your customers, your success in your business, your finances, your relationship with your children is all going to improve. And you, and you could say, well, Mackie, how could all those things improve by fitness? Well, the reason it improves by fitness is because if you feel good about yourself and if you have a high level of energy, if you're in a state where you feel like you could take on the world, which is how you feel when you've had a good workout, you're eating some good food, then you're going to be able to deal with whatever comes your way. You're going to have time to step back from the reactiveness that happens within life and within business, because you're going to have this time on your own while you're working out and you can collect your thoughts and you can get blood and oxygen to your brain, which figures out all the issue. You can get the right balance of chemicals and hormones in your body that are the right kind of balance instead of the wrong kind of balance. You can get rid of the bad stress and increase the good stress. There's a ton of things that, that happen, which which is in the podcast yeah. itself. But what it does, it prepares you for what life's got to give you. So, you know, just <laughs> basic level of fitness. And you don't have to go and do a CrossFit, but you just have to have a simple exercise routine where you're doing some form of, you know, strength exercise. You're doing some form of cardiovascular you're getting your rest, which is really important. You've got to get your sleep and your rest and your recovery. And then make sure you've got your diet in check. Because if you've got a bad diet, you're going to feel crap. You're going to make bad decisions. You're not going to be nice to be around. And, and, and you know, through the day, your energy levels are going to be up and down. And you're going to be all over the place. So make sure that when you're working, you almost got to think of yourself as an athlete. Um, and athletes really control their diet when they're, when they're in competition. And you've got to do the same because you're – you're working a lot more than an athlete. If, if an athlete only does probably, you know, one hour a week on the pitch or whatever, or they work for a competition, if you're an entrepreneur, you're 365 days of a year, 12 to 15 <laughs> hours a day. So, you know, you've, you've got a lot of pressure on you. So you've got to think about, you know, get your food right. And if you don't know how to do it, contact someone who does. Invest in paying for an expert that can help you get on, on that right journey. And you'll find that you'll just be better at what you do generally. So that's a long answer to a short question. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the enthusiasm <laughs> and the way you believe in what you do. And uh, my last question before I ask you what is the best way to connect with you, my last question is my mountain question. And as my listeners already know, I've been imagining the journey of marketing and journey of entrepreneurship as climbing a mountain, step after step after step, and then reaching the peak and looking to the higher peak. And at some point, I started to ask my guests, and that's what I'm asking you, whether you ever climbed the mountain or wished to climb a mountain, or do you have any relationships with mountains at all? Yeah, I, I do. Um... <laughs> I do. <laughs> So, 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 yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I've, I've got a couple of um, children, eight and ten, and um, one of the things that we, uh, we do, we're fairly close to a place called Palm Springs, and it's a big desert, and there's 
big mountains where there's snow on the top and, and small and medium sized ones. And one of the things that we've, we, you know, we started to do a few years ago is, is when we, when we went away, we would find one of these small little mountains and, um, and, and just as a bit of an exercise, really just try and climb up it and see how high we got. And, um, it was very, um, you know, it, it's very interesting because it, it, as a family, it really brought us together because it was, it was, though we were sort of tackling this big challenge together and, um, hmm. you, you, you're almost sort of solving problems as you go up here. And, you know, if you think you can hmm. go up a particular way, uh, suddenly when you get there, you realize you can't and you've got to adjust and go up a different way. And, and so I think, I think, you know, it's, it's, a my children love it now because it's always a bit of an adventure and we always, you know, one of them falls down and scrapes their knees and starts crying and we all get together mm -hmm. and bring each other up or it's extremely hot and, and we have to kind of motivate people. But I, I think, you know, the idea of, you know, setting yourself a goal and, and realizing that, that it's not going to go how you think. And there's going to be a little, somebody's going to get injured. Something's going to happen. You know, hopefully it's not too bad. And, but it, it's it's kind of part of the journey, and then when you come down, even though we've got lots of fun pictures with our children, sort of with you know tears in their eyes and stuff, it's always a memory that you can share and now remember for the rest of their lives. And I, I think in business, sometimes you, if you you've, you've got to be able to step back and see, although it's difficult when you're there when you've grazed your knee or you've had a failure. I think if you can step yourself back. And, and look at it as a as a bit of a book within your life and a, and a journey and, and be able to sort of laugh at some of those things and, and 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 just to separate yourself from that moment then I think you can enjoy it because it's very difficult as an entrepreneur it's 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 not easy and um, and if you if you're not able to sort of step away see the the fun and the the, the journey and the, the humor in it then you probably won't continue to the stage where you need to, to win eventually so yeah that that's my experience with the mountain thank you for that Matthew what would be the best way to connect with you for any of our listeners that would like to be in touch yeah I would I would suggest if you go to LinkedIn uh, it's Matthew Januszek you've, you've got my details and, and there so, so LinkedIn is a great place I share a lot of information business inspiration that sort of stuff Uh, we've also got a podcast, Escape Your Limits. So we interview a lot of people from the health and fitness sector about workouts and fitness and diets and nutrition. Um, and then um, if, if you're interested in finding more about fitness equipment or you want to do a home gym or whatever, then check out uh, escapefitness.com. And um, if, if you go on there, and I'm, I'm happy to sort of, if, if you're interested, I can put a little um, discount code for any of your listeners as well, um, if, if that's of any value. That's going to be great. That's going to be great. Um, it's something else for a change. And, uh, you know, it's not an app. Yeah. And uh, I think it could be great. And we'll have all of these links in the show notes of this interview. Matthew, I want to thank you so much for this interview. I enjoyed that so much. And I think you brought a different and unique size of entrepreneurship and they really enjoyed that so thank you yeah and, and, and thank you so much uh, fantastic questions and I wish you all the success um, in, in what you're doing to share this knowledge to, to, to your community so uh, keep up the good work hmm, thank you so much and take care thank you thank you bye 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 bye
And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.